can be taken about a friend of mine, boy named Sherrod. Been carrying his passing for a long while. Like that memory I had about those summer days in the park. But thinking on that made me smile. But Sherrod is, is more of a hurt. But not, as, not so bad like it was. Ain't no shame in holding on to grief. As long as you make room for other things too. Ain't no shame holding on to grief, as long as you make room for other things too. What do you feel about that statement? And just as importantly, can you relate to the idea? As uncomfortable experiences go, grief is way up there with the big names. What you just heard was Bubbles in a clip from the acclaimed TV show The Wire. And like him, anyone who's experienced loss can testify how messy and painful the process can be. And if it wasn't already hard enough as it is, often the circumstances around the event and the misunderstanding or the lack of support of others around you can make a daunting task seem virtually impossible to get through. Like people telling you how you should feel. If I was you, I'll be really sad. Sound familiar? But although the loss of loved ones is really what we think about when we first hear the word grief, is people really all that we can grieve? And how do we facilitate grief instead of getting in the way? My name is Alan Carew, and these are some of the things that we discussed today with my favorite co-hosts on the Likuliku podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Likuliku podcast. It ain't funny after all. It is the place where we discuss the deeper, less comfortable experience of being human, and we relate with one another to understand how to better live in a world that has stopped making sense. Hi and hello. Welcome to another episode of the Liku Liku podcast in collaboration with Reality Bites with Amy D. Hello. Hi, Amy. Hi, Debbie. Hi, everyone. Yes, it's Amy D and my co-hosts Alan Karu and Debbie Kusardi in yet another episode talking about some of the uncomfortable experiences of being human. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about one of the most significant experiences, I would say, that we experience as human being and yet lack the spaces or even courage and confidence to talk about it, um, especially openly, right? And um, I'm talking about grief here, grieving. And we were talking about it off air. Do we mean or do we want to talk about grieving when it comes to losing a loved one, when it comes to just death. And we were trying to find the definition of what we mean by grief so as to have a clearer picture and direction of how we want this episode to be useful to our listeners. Um, and we decided that, yeah, loss could be of anything, right? It could be losing a loved one. 
and it could be losing things that's not necessarily um, alive. We could have lost properties. We could have lost relationships, even um, things like mm-hmm. divorce, things like uh, miscarriages sometimes, or or having a really bad argument and disagreement with our family members or or losing friendships those things could lead us to feeling significant loss um that again we don't necessarily get to talk about right mm. right so yeah, yeah so you're talking about grieving today and i tried to look up for definitions and i think this is one that uh, i could relate to the most mm. one from webmd.com defining grief as a natural response to death or loss. So we're not saying that one event is more significant than the other, but Mm. just generally the feeling of the struggles that we go through when we have to grieve the loss of something and how uncomfortable it is to talk about. Um, not only openly in public spaces, but sometimes even in in our um, connections or communication, conversations with each other on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope that is clear uh, to our audience and to my co-hosts. I hope I'm not convoluted <laughs> here, but but what's your definition of grief? I would um, ask Alan or Devi. Um, and and what's our personal experiences to it? And, yeah, and I think most importantly, what can we learn from, or is there a brighter side to to all this darkness? It's a dark topic, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So much for lightness, right? I mean, we, <laughs> <laughs> we have a weird <clears throat> definition of what light means. Light, yeah, yeah. and and I I hope that the audience also you know, doesn't, doesn't feel like we're being a little bit, uh, how do you say? All knowing. Um, <laughs> well, I guess they could get that from me, but, but more like <laughs> sometimes being disrespectful because uh, sometimes yeah, yeah. we marry feelings that sometimes people feel that they don't really belong together. Like talking uh, about yeah. bereavement, loss and things that can be, you know, quite heavy sometimes. Um, if somebody's laughing at a funeral, for example, mm-hmm. that can be perceived as, as something that is not appropriate, but it's really cultural, right? Because in some places you 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 need to be laughing at somebody's funeral because that's what uh, the culture is about how they want the person to see their own funeral, right? Oh, as yeah. something that is bright, yeah, that yeah. is that is full of laughter, that is that is uh, leaving space for life, right? Right. I actually and, just saw a movie. Sorry, Alan, to cut you off, but before I forget, because I have very bad brain. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I just saw this. I just watched this movie with the kids. It's an animated movie called The River Dance, and they were at a funeral of this kid's grandfather. And to 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 remember this person, let's dance. And they did a river dance, and I think that was beautiful. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, culture of how we not celebrate, commemorate death and loss yeah yeah Yeah. because sometimes i'd like to do an episode on emotion uh, as well and how it comes about 
And we tend to think as if somehow emotions are something that is completely um, the same across cultures. Mm. But I think there's some truth to it, but it's not always the case as well because, you know, we're humans, so we're a little bit complex, right? And that makes life all the more interesting. Mm. But coming back to the, the, this topic, you know, I, I, I hope that we can navigate through the different kinds of emotions that that, that can be part of, of the journey. And how that connects to what I want to share in terms of my personal experience is that way before I knew anything to do with psychology, therapy, and how to process all of those experiences, I was faced with uh, the death of a loved one, which I mentioned before. So my mom who passed away. And I think one of the things that can be a little bit uh, difficult to process Mm. is how somehow it feel or it felt to me at that time at least that people come with this idea that things need to be processed in a certain way in a certain order and within a certain time mm-hmm. and yeah, if it doesn't yeah. happen according to what you know the the masses or society considers or even your your social group or your religious group or whatever little mm. bubble that you're into if we don't actually obey those unspoken rules, then people will start to try and intervene. Or judge our grieving. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so these interventions that people just, you know, it could be like soft or it could be really people just telling you that you're not doing it right or that you're not feeling the right emotions in this moment. And uh, that doesn't really help a person that's, you know, going for something. Like, you should be crying right now. Mm. Right? You should be super sad right now. Yeah. Like, a lot like um, putting it in a box, being rigid about, black and white about how we should grieve when it's not that way at all. Mm. Yeah. So, like, for me, just, just to put into a little bit of context, like, when, when this happened, I don't think it really hit me. Mm. And sometimes for people, it's it could be a little bit too related to the fact that you have to survive through the moment. So it's like work through what's still there first, emotions later, mm. right? And and so I don't think that was exactly my case, but I've I've heard of a lot of people who they just couldn't afford to break down mm. in the moment because there were so many things to deal with. Like if, for example, you're the only a person that's left and you have to take on the burden of getting this to its uh, final end, right? Mm. Like, okay, now we're talking about death, right? Yeah. It's hard because you, you can't afford to have a breakdown and just lie in bed. You have to sort out everything that goes around uh, the, the, you know, the gory details of, of how to organize, uh, you know, Coffin, the cleaning yeah. ceremony, getting yeah. to getting in touch with all the people that should be at the funeral and all that stuff. So, and that can happen very quickly, mm. you know. It so, just escalates, yeah. Yeah. So this is just kind of what I meant that the person's experience is not always accepted and or celebrated or acknowledged. Mm. And sometimes they're even um, 
judged and criticized for not breaking down. Like, you know, like, like you could hear people, relatives or friends saying stuff like, she didn't even cry. I'm not, I'm not sure if she has feelings or not, but yeah. Like Alan said, I think people overlook, they don't see the parts where we have to manage stuff right away. And I'm, this conversation just reminds me of my own experience of losing my dad. And there mm -hmm. really was no time. He passed away in midnight and by, uh, yeah. by 3 a.m. we had to arrange the mortuary. We had to arrange informing people. We had to arrange the, yeah, everything. So the, the grieving part, it feels like the grieving part came only later. Mm. Right. And, and sometimes when that part is over, when the funeral and everything is over, the um, commemorating the uh, 40th day of their, of losing them, of their death, the hundredth day, then by that time, people already expect you to just move on, get back to work already. It's been three months. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like, yeah, where is that space even for us to grieve? Yeah. Mm. And I was saying also, I, um, I think I had this conversation with you guys, with y'all, um, mm. off record, um, that even now it's been four years and um, Alan have your own experience. And I always say like, I think it would be worse if I lose my mother, <laughs> mm. if I had lost my mother as opposed to my dad, because I wasn't that close with my mom, mm. uh, with my father, sorry. Um, but the impact, the impact, um, it's not that obvious. So years on, there were there, there's just moments that I real, realized one thing after another. Like recently, I just realized how much I've changed in the way that I carry myself on public platforms like social media. Mm. I just realized the little, little things like that. Right. Like I wasn't as maybe jolly or open anymore about sharing about my personal life or even my or even talking about being happy. Mm. You know, there's almost like that undeserving feeling. And sometimes I wonder, is it because I did not process that fully yet or what? <laughs> I but think yeah. it's the contrary. I think it's because um, you have been exposed to something that is very fundamentally human, right? I mean, everybody dies and yet nobody really talk, talks about it. Nobody mm. really um, get into, you know, that, that Conversation. deep roof yeah. of, yeah, the, the deeper end of, of death and, and, and also the practical parts, right? Not just, not just the idea of death, the concept but mm. also the the actual practical part that what you need to do, like cleaning the body and things like that, and then processing that, right? How it's affecting your your nervous system, mm. your uh, the imprint in your memory, on your energy, at, at energy level as well. There's just so many things that we don't talk about. And finally, you experience that, and I think that just made you... A fuller person, actually, I think it makes you more human. Mm. I know, I know, I know. Death of loved ones and friends really 
made me more human, make me more me. Mm. Like the human that I'm supposed to be, you know, not the I'm strong, not the half robots and half, mm. I don't know, half lies. I guess the experiences have this way of revealing facets of ourselves that mm. it's not that they weren't there, but they just didn't. It, it takes exposure for us to to reveal different sides Yeah, because they were just kind of in the dark, right? Yeah, yeah. To allow that part of us to be yeah, seen so it enriches mm. and when we i think we kind of gain complexity after events like that mm. Mm. deeper insights mm. yeah. yeah and and yeah like what devi saying we are so disconnected from the idea of death no matter how we i think we all know death is inevitable right yeah and but yet We don't talk about it so much so that when it happens to us or, I mean, to our, someone close to us, someone that we have to step in, step up and do something about and help manage the the, the, the physical the parts of it. Yeah. That we don't know what to do. Mm. I, yeah, I just realized that also I didn't know what to do. Even, even though I was already an adult, right? Mm-hmm. With, with my own full life to live. And yet I realized I did not know anything about death or how to manage a funeral. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. okay, what do you do? What's the next step? And I guess I was lucky enough that there were a community of people who helped us with the right. smallest details, you know, yeah. like printing cards, contacting the uh, mortuary. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, that's how disconnected we are from death. Maybe it's mm-hmm. a rite of passage as well. Like this is more the kind of stuff that the elders in the community would know about. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's mm-hmm. what gives them the status of elders of the community because they know what needs to be done at those moments of life. And, and younger ones wouldn't have because they never had to actually go through the process. Hmm. I think it could also be um, we humans have a way of not wanting to deal with something that is sticky and difficult. Sticky, yeah, and, yeah, it's like ah, too much. And I think, I mean, it's you. You can relate this with parenting. Like, there's so many parents. Human beings know that when we, um, you know, that we 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 produce children right that's one of the most common thing like birth mm. death i mean this mm. is life health mm. taking care of our body taking care of what we eat or how we move this is like life you know um, and the pain that we have and yet we never really put our resources and put our thoughts and ideas into any of that it's almost like Okay, those things are too sticky. Uh, can I just like, you know... Brush it um, off. Yeah, brush it off or like, you know, uh, pay somebody else to do it, right? Outsource. Outsource. Mm. Outsource mm. my health care because it's too hard. I don't want to know much about cancer. So I'm going to outsource it, you know. Outsource my death. Outsource parenting. Like, I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't really want to get into the nitty gritty because it's too uncomfortable mm. 
speaking of which, I just had kind. I don't know if it's related, but I just uh, our toilet. Mm. It was clogged somehow. The water was being retained on the surface, and I was the kids were having a bath, and I was like, "Okay, guys, this means something stuck." So I had to take off the lid of the nitty gritty of the washroom, <laughs> the toilet. Right, right. And they see those things being stuck, all the hair, all the gooey, all the sticky stuff, and I just you right. know scooped them out. And and they were like, ew, ew. And I had to tell them that, guys, this is life. <laughs> yeah. Right? You want a clean toilet? You got to be deal. You got to know how to deal with the sticky the stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine that most parents would, would go, I mean, even me, before I had all these realizations, mm. right? Would go like, no, don't touch it. Don't touch it. It's dirty. Ew. Mm. You know, like. Let the let the mate do it. Let the cleaner, let the helper yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have that thing, right? Let somebody else do it. Like even yeah, our Yeah, that's poop. like we're not, yeah, we're not integrated. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I think it, well, we're going really far, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Light stuff. <laughs> just, you know, I, I sometimes yeah. imagine how earth has become the way it is nowadays is because some people just, don't want to deal with all the the, the outcomes yes. and the not so beautiful impacts that we have. And then so if you're a billionaire, like do you have somebody who's wiping your butt because you don't want to see the less beautiful part of, of you, you know, because mm. you get used to seeing yourself as being this amazing person that attracts millions of followers or like what about that? Yeah, yeah. It's, that's disin- disintegration, <laughs> as in the name of uh, the Cure's the cure. album. <laughs> One of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so way to go, Amy. I like how your brain works. <laughs> we go from <laughs> death to toilets. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess the, subconsciously I was recalling one of those things that Alan pointed out, actually, when we were talking about this off air, um, how, you know, it, it's just like going to the toilet and not wanting to see what did you produce or what came out of your own body and just covering the lid and and turning down the lid and just flush. I don't want to see. I don't want to know. How does it look like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're just—it's like we refuse parts of who we are and what we produce, and that can't be good, mm. right? Not, not, not just for ourselves, right? If you have seven billion people who act that way, you know, that's gonna have a lot of ramifications, which we're now seeing, right? Yeah. But I think maybe let's just go back to 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 grief, the grieving, grieving right? And maybe Devi can share her own personal experience doesn't have to be deaf, right? Because I think we should maybe open the topic a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and I was thinking, um, am I, yeah, sorry to cut you off, Debbie, but. No, no, it's okay. Grieving, as in grieving the loss of something familiar. Like I was saying, re- relationships, breakups, divorce. And I was thinking that even with the pandemic, I think we did not, we were not given um, space in a way to to grieve the loss of life as we knew it. 
and we just we were just expected to yeah go into moving on phase already skip the grieving part mm. you know but yeah what would be the repercussions of doing that you just delay something that just has to happen anyway like we 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 can't fool the system like this system of how we are has been around for millions of years right and it doesn't change very fast Mm. So the life that we know nowadays with all of our gadgets and, and things going at a million miles an hour, that didn't used to be how we developed. Mm. So we can't actually just decide to, to, to make shortcuts, just like uh, Facebook's um, original slogan, right? Their, their tagline was, go fast and break things, <laughs> I think was their internal, um, I don't know if it was public, but that was their internal slogan. And you can see where that led, right? With all the the uh, Cambridge Analytica, I think it was called, like all this scandal of data being sold and mm. things like that. So, just to go back to 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 the grief, it has to happen. Mm. Like we 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 can't not have it, or or we can, but then we'll we'll die having a lot of unfinished business ourselves, mm. right? And in mm. some cases, that can even precipitate our own uh, demise contact with our own death right yeah yeah suppression right again we either suppress ignore avoid you know all of these things will eventually come back if you suppress it will surface if you avoid it'll come haunting you in different ways until you allow it to Uh, be there, like accept it that that these things need to be mm. taken care of, need to need your attention. Yeah, I like what you said actually, uh, Devi. Mm. Uh, just for an image for people to use is something that I heard. I don't know. She's probably not the only one saying it, but Ariel Schwartz, who's a mm. an EMDR therapist, she's quite renowned, and she was just giving this this uh, simple visual image that you have a balloon that's floating in water mm. temporarily you can push it under the water yeah. and compartmentalize mm. whatever issues that you have because you have to deal with life daily you know taking care of a funeral you know contacting people making the celebrations and all that but you can't keep that bull under water forever you gotta let it come up and deal with it at some point mm. which is what Devi was saying just now Mm. Yeah, and um, and maybe for the benefit of our listeners, um, what would be some of the ways that it can manifest itself when suppressed? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I mean, they could be mundane things. Well, I mean, if anybody's been listening to, to the podcast, you know, we made a series on pain, but the reality of it, when you look at it from a bigger perspective, like, a you know, 10,000 miles bird's eye view, All of what we said is actually uh, kind of applicable to most conditions of uh, mental health and physical health. Mm. Or being human. You know, <laughs> the yeah, yeah, which, which, is part, which is part of yeah. the whole package, right? But it's right. just like you, you, you want to implode or you want to explode. <laughs> mm. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah. And some of the things could be... I mean, suppressed emotions, right? They could many and emotion. Grieving is an emotion that we suppress, right? Mm. And, and it's pain. 
Yeah, pain, pain of losing someone, pain of not being able to accept that we will never get to see this person again, or we will never get to spend what uh, we will never get to spend our time, our day, um, in the familiar ways we know when we were with this person that we are losing, mm. be it through death, divorce, or breakups. Yeah. Um, friendship breakups also, right? Yeah. Um, the pain of not being able to accept maybe or easily accept um, losing properties even sometimes, can, mm. right? Or a lifestyle. Yeah. Maybe we should just separate those two because it kind of it might feel a little bit strange. Like if you're talking to a person who had a, a loss mm. of a loved one, that we're actually comparing that with property mm. and things like that. But but we can talk about that later. The, the the way that they connect to me is you you cannot actually talk about uh, grieving when it comes to material things, and that's my opinion, right? Yeah. Just want to make that clear. Unless you developed an attachment and, and uh, an emotional relationship to it. Like, for example, if we don't want to talk about losing people, you can lose your family house, the place where you grew up. Mm. You don't actually lose like a, a, a real physical person. There's no death involved, but that can still be a very difficult process to go through because right. it's like tearing part of your own childhood memories out of yourself. Mm. And how do you adapt and how do you how do you cope with it and how do you retell the story in a way that you can be okay? Right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that's mm. not a person, but in terms of the mind, right? The way that uh, our connections are made into the brain, it is kind of similar because it's it's an emotional connection. Mm. Right? Mm. But but let's just uh let's just maybe um stick to to losing people bereavement and things like that for now knowing that it still kind of applies to the other things right i just yeah, wanna yeah. i just wanna for, for the people who don't know right most people nowadays i think are are getting familiar with it but there's like something that uh, a psychiatrist called uh, elizabeth kubler ross mm. wrote which is a grief cycle right so this is what generally people know uh, about when it comes to grief and there are five main um, stages. So mm. one of them is denial. Mm. Another is anger. Another one is bargaining. A fourth mm. one would be depression. And a fifth one would be acceptance. Yeah. But mm. uh, I, actually, I actually listened to David Kessler who actually wrote a, a book with that same psychiatrist, right? And he was... He was saying on page number one, what's very important for people to know, there is no order. Yes. It's not linear. And that's very important. And we tend to forget yeah. about that. And that's why we, we tend to want to put people into boxes. It's like, look, I read on the internet that you should be in this phase <laughs> right Stage, now. And yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. And it's like the five stages when we sometimes, talks about, uh, we sometimes talk about um, upbringing. It's like, hey... You should be up on your knees right now. I saw yeah. it on the internet, you know, for a baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Your kid should be, should be talking by now. Yeah, that mm. sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. we're kind of suppressing what the real human experience needs to be because it's different for everyone. 
Mm. And I read also from that same, uh, uh, not same source, but that same uh, concept of the stages of grief mm. that it does it's not linear in a way that you could be jumping from one stage to the other back and forth at back the same and time forth. yeah yeah you would thought yeah, that, that yeah. you were already Absolutely. in the acceptance stage right mm. stage mm. number five and then suddenly you're back in um denial Depression. yeah or bargaining well, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, just the sure. same as those uh, those uh, cycles that we talked about or the hero's journey or the, the stages of um, acceptance and uh, change, mm. readiness for change, mm. right? How much can you tolerate? That's the thing. You know, I can only accept this much of the idea of losing this person, right? And then we just go back and forth until we can swallow the whole thing. Mm. There's also like, because we... Death is a traumatic experience as well, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's a shock. That's the yeah, first yeah. thing. Everybody gets shocked. Like I've never, even when you know the person is dying, like the doctor said, okay, it's within days. Mm. When the person goes, most people are still in shock, right? Mm. And uh, in a state of whatever you call that, like numbness. Disbelief. Yeah, maybe. disbelief. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's trauma. So the environment, the support that you get after, the community that you're in, I think it plays an important role as well. Yeah. Right? That 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 That's why it's just, it can never be the same for everybody. And you can't go through, like Amy said, you know, it's not linear. It's not like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven steps, you know? Mm. Mm. And, and... Yeah, that's why we are talking about grief. Yeah. As well, right? Because I think um a lot of people would agree that uh there's how do I put it? Maybe it's different for everyone, but mm. there lacks I feel like there lacks um support, true support or yeah. genuine support in in like a community. Um Yes. Right when it yes. talks to, when we want to talk about grieving, so that's yes. why we want to talk about this because and and for me, um, I feel through my own personal experience. I feel through other people's experience. It's like we have I real and I realize that we have very little understanding about death and grief, mm. about grieving. Yeah. yeah. Um. I was saying to you guys the other day, I think, mm. a friend who lost a child. I, I find myself wanting to kind of like, I want to, I, I can feel that you want to talk about it, but you don't know how. Mm. But like also for me as a friend, um, how do I give that support? How do I even begin the conversation Can I just go in there and say like, hey, do you want to talk about it? Would that be appropriate? You know, but I feel like you want to talk about it. And and I think Alan said something in response to that. Um, I think that it has something to do with, again, there's no linear way. There's no clear way of how to grieve, actually. 
Mm. I mean, there yeah. there are two different uh, aspects to this, right? Because I could be talking from a therapy perspective, or I could be talking from a human being, a fellow human being perspective. Mm. And one rule of thumb that uh, I've learned and I've come to realize that it feels about right to me, right? But we have to adapt. Is that within one year, you just let the person be. You don't. You just don't mess with their process or whatever. You just make yourself available, and what they'll need is what you give. Right, and of course there are boundaries to that. Like if you see that the person is just you know doing harm to themselves in a way that starts to be dangerous, mm. like if they start to regularly binge drink or drink mm. and drive, mm. or or have like risky you know behaviors of any kind you know uh the people that they start to hang out with and stuff like that are really not commendable you know and that can go down a certain spiral then you want to intervene but anything outside of that usually you just you can be there or not depending whether they want you to but otherwise you just let it be Mm. and one thing that's important to realize and that, that also comes from david kessler um who, by the way, he's not just a book writer, right? Because it would be easy, easy for people to say, yeah, but what do you really know about grief? Well, he actually lost uh, uh, some people from his family. There was a shooting right across the street, mm-hmm. a mass shooting right across the street where he was living. And mm-hmm. later, he again lost a son. So he's not just speaking from the, the perspective of somebody who's just studying it right it's Mm. it's how do i apply what i know to my own personal experience and you need a lot of different things when you're grieving is what he's saying so what amy usually says from time to time is it takes a village why does it take a village because some days you'll need to distract yourself so you're not Mm. thinking too much about it and some days you'll need to have a deep discussion where somebody's just here listening Mm. and some days maybe you're gonna do inappropriate things and you're gonna need that person who's just telling you that it's not okay Mm. and showing you that they care not because they want to punish you or anything but just because hey you know stick around with me don't don't start doing silly things that you're gonna regret Mm. yeah so i don't know if that answers what you had in mind amy yeah yeah just because, yeah, again, a lot of people don't know how to deal with it. And that's a good point to make because sometimes we feel like, I know you need to talk about it. Talk to me. You know, like you're mm-hmm. adamant to want to help in a way. But then you could end up damaging someone. You could end up pushing someone even further away or or re-triggering or making someone's process worse. Right? Yeah. We can think about it from our own experience, right? Have have we had encounters with people who thought they were going to be helpful but really weren't <laughs> in well, our own process? I think it's the same with everything. We talk about this in um, change, asking people to change. Asking mm. people to change is basically asking people to lose uh, a lot of attachments that they have. You know, of themselves. with their patterns, with their behaviors, with what they're used to. So 
Mm. I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so natural. If you want to help, I think number one rule, if you want to help, if you want to be a friend, whether uh, it's a friend who wants to help um, others to be better or eat better, eat healthier, or go through a difficult process, such as grieving, I think you just got to be there. Mm. You got to stick with it. And that is the problem I think that we have in grieving. Not many people want to be there for you when you're grieving. Not many people want to be there for you True. when you're going through these difficult uh, changes, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think there needs to be a realization that when you have a relationship with somebody who's grieving, you kind of have to drop their end of the bargain. Like it's not a 50-50 relationship for a while. No. Like you, you have to just say, now I'm taking some of that burden and I'm not going to ask much in return. Mm. Yeah, and this there is has where to be that willingness. Yeah, yeah, and that willingness can only be. Uh, it'll be easier, I think, that people will have this in the community when it's being taught from an earlier age. It's actually it from, integrated yeah. in the education system, which is really, really lacking. In that. Or in the family system, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. education yeah, yeah. outside or I- within the, the, the internal family unit, right? Mm. But basically education, what the child is going through and learning. Uh, I think there's not enough of that. Um, uh, compassion, awareness, being, uh, uh, you Openness. know, being okay. Yeah, being okay with your body. Mm. First of all, I think it starts with the body. Mm. So I think when people are grieving and also when you are trying to help somebody who's grieving, it is so important for you to go back to your body Mm. and and really, really be in tune, right? I mean, that's attunement. I think we've talked about that before as well. Mm. Yeah. And being with that discomfort because it is uncomfortable. When somebody, when you know somebody's grieving, and then you don't know what to do about it, it puts you in an awkward uh, uh, position, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, it so, triggers you, right? Because it's uncomfortable, and then you mm. you want the people to change. So you're pointing finger that they're not doing something instead of really having the ability to just stay there and tolerate whatever is coming. Yeah. We we just don't learn anywhere how to do this emotional kind of CPR. Mm. Right, and that I mean that's the core fundamental of like it should be in the toolbox, right? Like from yeah. as early as as, as possible. Uh, but we end up finding very late, and that's why I even got into this whole thing of therapy and and supporting other fellow human beings. Mm. Mm. But um, how about like? misconceptions and things that are hurting the process. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Um, right. Like like what Devi was saying, like people being there, what we need are people, sometimes a village of people, uh, interchangeably, to truly, genuinely be there for us, for whatever it is that we need in the process. It's different for everyone. But we feel like it's just enough to comment on social media R.I.P. Yeah. Be strong. Condolences. Stay strong. (laughs) 
you know, and and I find it. I didn't get it before, but I get it now. It um, after experiencing my own losing of a loved one, that saying stuff like being stay strong, be strong. Mm. You know, people have good intentions, but it's like, well, don't you think I'm trying already? Yeah, <laughs> right. Those would be some of the misconceptions that people have the intention to say something maybe nice or encouraging to someone who's grieving, but they mm-hmm. end up actually um, hurting the person even more, mm-hmm. I feel. Yeah, yeah. The stuff that we say uh, to, to someone who's grieving. Like, I think it has to do with the fact that we're not comfortable being vulnerable because really we don't know what to say. <laughs> And instead of saying that we don't know what to say, Is there anything I can say that would be helpful to you right now? Yeah. You personally, right now, this moment, and and not like a generic kind of comment. Mm. But we don't feel comfortable because somehow it's like we feel that we have the need to know how do you react, right? But it doesn't work that way. The only thing that helps is the things that don't rob people of their own inner experience. Mm. Yeah. 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 Like sometimes just being there for the person and not say anything feels better. Yeah. I feel, yeah. What would be other misconceptions? I think that's one. The things that we say, the things that we thought would help a grieving person, but actually, no, it's not. Yeah. Devi, you want to go? Um, I think when I... Uh, when I was grieving, I felt uh, maybe it's biased because I'm always against mechanical time. It could be that. <laughs> But for sure, I felt rash. I felt like people thought that I was taking too long. And so I yeah. ended up also telling myself that it was taking too long. You know? And mm. also, like, uh, the, the uh, therapist you know, the psychologist, the clinical psychologist that I was seeing also kind of gave me <laughs> that, uh, you know, that vibe, that uh, mm. message, not just vibe, actually message, you know. So uh, trying to get me back on track. Again, like I need to get back on track so I can perform. Mm. How so long can, is too long, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like Was that paid by your workplace? <laughs> um yes it's yes. a genuine question some of it it, it yeah it was but well i think we could have an, uh, an episode about insurance mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and i th- i think a lot of people were just uncomfortable right because when you see someone is um uh grieving grieving yeah, yeah it kind of brings out a lot of things in about you, as you. Well, yeah, a lot yeah. of fear, a lot of worry, a lot of unknown. So a I lot know of awareness. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. what kind of therapy did you get when you were going through? Well, that? I, I think I shared before, right? Like CBT. And then of course, like I was offered <sighs> medica- medication st- uh, straight away. To, to make what the process faster. Yeah. To <laughs> faster or maybe like less, you know, less painful, you know. Less painful for the other person, maybe. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's just like, hurry up, get back on track, 
you know, because we got work to do, y'all. But what yeah. I think the misconception or the myth is that you you can still function, you know, it's it's not the person, right? It's the actual environment that needs to also adapt. Other people need need to adapt to other people, right? I mean, that's yeah. what makes us a community. Otherwise, what's the point? Like, what's the mm. point having even a, 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 a team that you work with, co-workers, you know, that you call teammates, if you don't have that sense of, um, how do you say, like, true belonging and, like, real empathy, mm. like, really want to be there and support each other, you know? Mm. That culture is so missing. There's a there's a yeah. quick story that uh, David Kessler shared as well uh, that mm. connects to what you said is that he he found out that in rural Australia, mm. in some places when somebody dies, everybody will change the place of one thing in their house, mm. hmm. so that when somebody dies, for that person who's grieving, everything has changed. And it's unfair yeah. for that person to be the only one for which something has changed. So the community gets together to just display that everything has changed. They're not the only one who's mm. seeing it. And then that that actually gives... Wow. It's it's the little things, right? Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's sending a message to the person. It's like, hey, we see your grief. It's here. Mm. We are supportive of it. Yeah. 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 Let, that sounds helpful. Let things not be the same. Mm. Yeah, mm. that sounds like the kind of support that we wish we could have <laughs> in this community. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, slowly, that's why, again, that's why we're talking about this, right? Mm. In hopes that we will be able to change the way we see death and the grieving process that has to come with it. It's a package. Mm. And... Hopefully, you know, having these kind of conversations would spark thoughts in us, would inspire us to become a more truly supportive mm. uh, community mm. for each other. Because, um, and we're only speaking from our own experiences, right? Yeah. Uh, hoping yeah. that when it comes to um, our children's generation, you know, when it's time for them to grieve losing mm. us, <laughs> They will have better support, hopefully. Are, are you going to give one as well, Amy? Because otherwise I have one that I think is quite important to share before we wrap it up. Yeah, please go ahead, Alan. Um, it, it's very quickly, but, but very importantly, not everyone and not always very... Uh, we don't sharply understand that this is how it is, but... We tend to think that the, when the person's dead, it's the end of our relationship mm -hmm. and we need to forget them and put them and lock them away someplace mm -hmm. far mm -hmm. out of reach. That, that is not, and I think that's used to be what we used to think about grieving and, and all that. Yeah. But that's not, that's not the, the case anymore. Now we understand that the grieving process is just to, to change the way we relate to that person, not stop relating to them. They might not physically be here, but we still have uh, a spiritual or energetic or a relationship with that person. You know, my one of my yeah. trauma therapists was saying, do you talk to dead people? 
and he's trying to to shock us and like see what we're actually going to say and he's because i talk to dead people all the time Mm, i you can talk to people who used to have an importance in your life you just need to find another place for them yeah right and continue that relationship but but just in a different format Mm. yeah 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 yeah, thanks for sharing that, Alan. That's so important because <laughs> a lot, I mean, we used, this community used to have this mindset that if you do that, you're loony. <laughs> Something's wrong with you. You're crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if if there's no space, if it doesn't feel like we have any space to talk about it, that is an idea. That is That is something that we can do even on our own and in our own space. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, are we wrapping it up? Yes, I think we should. Mm. (laughs) Um, So hopefully the message or the takeaway that we can, that we can have from this conversation is that you are not alone. You don't have to do this (laughs) alone. Mm. Nope, you don't. No, like, that's Liku Liku's tagline, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, you don't have to do this alone. And I think um, one of the message that I also want to bring home is that if you know someone who's grieving, mm. hopefully after hearing this conversation, we would know how to show up better mm. or in more helpful ways mm. for people who are grieving. Um, I think one of the things that's one of the events that sparked today's idea for a topic is also a few days ago, there was a construction worker who was doing renovation work um, in my mom's place. Mm-hmm. Very random. We're strangers. We don't know each other. But something, I guess, um, uh, encouraged him to just voice it out that he just lost um, his partner, I think his Mm. almost fiance, four months ago to cancer. And Mm. what I did, I'm not saying I know how to do it, but I think it helped him a little that I spent 20 minutes just listening to him talk about his fiance, his late fiance. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think just genuinely try to be there or place ourselves in that person's shoes how would we want other people to show up for us if we are in the place of losing something that we dearly love mm. someone, someone something <laughs> yeah someone that we dearly love yep yeah yes. so those are our last last words <laughs> well yeah. until next week and, and the process of remembering <laughs> Like Alan said, right? The process of remembering is important mm. and relating. Yeah. And honoring as well. Yeah. Authentic relating. <laughs> <laughs> to the <Right>? dead. Yeah. <laughs> to the dead. And it's okay. <laughs> and yeah, we hope that this that this episode um, has been helpful to you, dear listeners, especially those of us who are somehow Maybe. in the same boat. <laughs> Right or who have experienced and had n- do not have any way to express it to talk about it, and we hope today's episode give you that space to like, yeah, I need to talk about my grief or journal about it. Right, journaling about it helps too. And 
Until the next episode of the Liku Liku podcast, this is Liku Liku out. out. out.